Ephesians chapter 4, if you would please, and just follow along with me as I'll read it. Verse 11, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which he is the head, even Christ. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Basically, this verse 16 talks about the church that working together and growing to a place of uh, perfection or not where you are sinless, sinless perfection, but you are a place of maturity. Because we're, we, were, we were once children in the word of God, children in Christianity, but God expects all children to grow up. And he expects us to go from a little faith to a lot of faith, to understanding scripture, understanding good doctrine, to understanding the cause of the church and the reason for the church, and that's of bringing other children or new Christians into the, into the church. And here it says, here I'll read verse 16 again, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase, and the church will grow just by, by uh, of, uh, the increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Matthew Henry writes and comments on this, that uh, mutual love among Christians is a great friend to spiritual growth. It is in love that the godly edifies itself. And it's a tremendous quote there, because what it basically means is this, is that through a group of people called the church, that fall in love with not just the building, but the people, the church is the people, to where they edify one another, bring others in who are, we just read a, a birth announcement for the good alls, and that baby was brought into a family with great love and admiration. There are pictures, and there's just a, a feeling that you can't compare to. The same thing with new Christians that are brought into the church. They're brought in to an, a, a, an arena of love and, and compassion to where they're trained, and they are taught the things of God. God, obviously, and Jesus Christ, no doubt, thought the church was very important to where it is, not, it is a called out assembly of believers and uh, who, have, who are of like mind and like passion and of like faith that come together and they help one another in service and in loving each other, but yet ultimately bringing love to the Lord. And the Bible says in doing so and doing it rightly, the church will grow. 
And I feel that sometimes we get the idea that it's just more of a social club for, for saved people. And, and uh, there are many churches tonight that their doors are not open. They were open this morning, but they're not open on Sunday night. And that's between them and the Lord. But I don't believe that the Bible says so much the more as you see the day approaching that we should, we should gather together more. Brother Hiles well now, close to over 50 years ago, took a walk out in Pomona, California, and he decided to start a college. He and Dr. Anderson teamed up together as they were both dear friends, and Brother, Brother Anderson financed the first part of Hiles Anderson College. And Brother Hiles put together a team, and they, they uh, started the building of Baptist City, where Hammond Baptist and Hammond Baptist Grade School are right now. And there was the birth of Hiles Anderson. And over the last 50 years, it has proven to be, a, to be a great effect on this country, as my wife and I had the privilege of traveling uh, for a tour group, uh, Joyful Melodies, out in Northeast, a part of the country that, that I'm not real familiar with. But to go to a, a bunch of churches and to see, see pastors like Brian Miller in Northfield, Ohio, Greg Davis in Brunswick, Ohio, Greg Davis um, showed me a brochure from Youth Conference 1990 that we'd sent out. The picture on the back of it was from 1989, showed the invitation, the altar, the Jack Hiles just packed with kids. And uh, he says, I want to show you something, Brother Eddie. I've not seen Brother Davis in many, many years. And he said, but I want to show this to you. I kept, have kept this in my office all these years. And he had that picture with a, a kid circled. He said, that's me. I was 14 years old, and I surrendered my life to the Lord. I didn't know I would pastor, but I gave my heart and life to the Lord right there in those stairs at youth conference. And, you know, it's those events that Brother Hiles had thought about and Brother Hiles had, had dreamed about. And this isn't a message about Brother Hiles, but I want to state what the purpose that God brought to our, our church was that of helping other churches and building a college that would, would produce men and ladies that would go and help fulfill the role of pastor and pastor's wife and Sunday school teacher and uh, song leaders and choir leaders and, and deacons and so forth all over the world. And uh, we got to, got to visit Glenn Rogers in Uniontown, Ohio, and Josh uh, Frenshew in Humphrey, New York, James, uh, James Montero in Wheatfield, Massachusetts, and Dale Schwartz and Paul Chapman. Paul Chapman just doing a great job in, in uh, Wakefield, Rhode Island. His wife is, is just, just so ill, hasn't been able to get out of the house in over two years, and just very, very, uh, very sickly lady there. But I saw him building a great church. And uh, if many of you would remember Brother Pash, who was once a, a principal at Hammond Baptist, was our first sixth grade teacher at the Hammond Baptist grade school, and, and um, then became principal of our high school for a couple of years. And he was serving in that church as a retired man, just helping Brother Chapman and uh, keep that church going. And it's a strong church, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a, got a lot of gifted people in it. And Brother Chapman is doing a great job. Eric Ness and uh, Keith Feemeister in just doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job in Hudson, New Hampshire. Dave Carlson in Manchester, New Hampshire. Tom Bish building a great work there in Wallingford, Connecticut. Brother John Barnes, who's like the rock star of, of uh, the Northeast. He helps the kids and runs camps and youth revivals, plus starting churches there. 
Uh, Greg Wilkins in Standish, Maine, and Roger Qualls in Clinton, Massachusetts, and James Fesh in Danbury, Connecticut, and Richard Lejeune in Stratford, Connecticut. And Danny Kagan Jr. took over his dad's work as his dad uh, remarried after his wife's passing and uh, now serving in Mexico. And Danny Kagan Jr. only being out of college a couple of years. He and his two brothers are, uh, Danny's the pastor, and his two brothers helping run the church. I, told, I said, it's kind of like the three stooges pastoring a church. And uh, you just wouldn't believe it, those of you guys that know them. And uh, it is an amazing thing what is happening in that part of our country. And I know that's the only part that I got to see for three weeks. But there are Hiles graduates and there are graduates from Crown College and, and, uh, and Golden State and other colleges that have had a mission of producing pastors to outrun church, out and to get out and run churches and build them. And they have over the last generation or two. And these guys have just been out there faithfully doing what God has called them to do. And they're sending kids back to colleges and, and uh, trying to get their young people. And they took, a, 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 Brother Barnes had a big youth rally. And in, uh, one in Standish, Maine, and one in Wallingford had a three-night, uh, three-meeting youth rally. And just an amazing group of things going on. And to say that the church still works, the church has always still worked. We just need workers to work the church. God called Brother Hiles to start that college, not so he could become an educator, not so that he can be, build a bigger church here. He started the college so that he can introduce young men and young ladies to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to preach it and teach it all over this country and all over the world, and he has done so. And if I may, Brother Scott picked up that mantle, and he likewise did his best to make sure that the college stayed healthy and make sure this church stayed healthy. But the Wilkerson has come, come in and picked up the mantle and done the same thing, making sure that we all edify one another through discipleship and through bringing of visitors and through uh, building our Sunday school classes so that the work of God can grow. God has never started a church in hopes that it would die. He started churches and sent men out to build churches hoping they would last for generations to come. He sent hundreds and thousands of young men from this, this auditorium to help, help churches, churches get ignited all over this country. And it, is, it has been a blessing to get to see them. But the church is important. It was important to Jesus Christ. It was important to those of yesteryear, the John Rawlings and Lee Robertsons and Jack Hileses of the world. These men had, had taken their churches and they innovated and they, they brought in Sunday school programs and, and big days and they brought in uh, uh, programs and, and bus routes and things of that nature to help bring in the unchurched to the church. To bring in the bus kids from Chicago. To bring in uh, the kids from this area so that they might have a chance, even though their parents may not like church or want to be a part of a church, to bring in young people so they might get a taste of the love of Jesus Christ. And as pastor has mentioned so often, the visitors that come in here always leave with a thought that is the friendliest, kindest group of people we've ever, we've ever been to or every church we've ever been to. And that's what it ought to be. 
It ought to be a welcoming place. It ought to be a place where we gather uh, three times a week and we have other programs and our, our kids are going to camp and, and our school, they get to go to Christian school and hear about God in the classroom. All of those things are to build the body of believers. That's why it's important. That's why it's important. That's why you came tonight. You came tonight not, not because I was preaching you to come, whoever preached tonight, because you're faithful. And that's what it's all about. There are others that, that will come on occasion. Others will come just on Sunday morning. And I'm glad that, that, that people come in any service. But I do believe that if you understand the called out assembly of what we are and what we do, it makes coming to church all the better. Let me give you an illustration. Tomorrow is a holiday. And uh, I'm glad when I, when I got old and got married and got my own house, my, uh, my dad always made Memorial Day and Labor Day. Uh, I never quite understood they were holidays, they were work days. And uh, Memorial Day is when we put the garden in, and I hated that. And uh, Labor Day was when we put the garden to bed, and I, I hated that too. And uh, we got everything ready for winter. But tomorrow we'll celebrate at our cemetery uh, the Memorial Day service. And many of you will be barbecuing. Now, I get it. Many of you are using the uh, newfangled uh, grills and the pellet grills and things of that nature. But there's something called charcoal. You remember that back in the day? All right. You may not be able to see that. But charcoal. Now, if you've ever run a charcoal grill, there's several, several things that you already know. You don't. Uh, a biscuit out like that. You don't set it there and you don't just outline the grill with a bunch of charcoal uh, biscuits there and, and um, then you pour lighter fluid on and try to get it going, do you? You don't do it that way. You know, that's somebody that has no idea what they're doing. Somebody that just likes playing with lighter fluid. Well, that's me. And, uh, but you take these and you, you try to pile them up as high as you can. And you build them up, you build them up, and you, and you put them together. Then you pour your lighter fluid on that. Soak it down really good so you get a pretty decent explosion, which the lighter fluid doesn't do anymore. For those of you that have tried gasoline, you, you know, that doesn't work too well. And if you can tell if you're sitting by somebody with no hair, no eyebrows, that's the person who uses gasoline. But here, you pour that on, you put the match down, and all of a sudden, that fire begins to, to burn, and it's the lighter fluid, it's not the charcoal yet. But eventually, you'll see on the edge of each of these charcoal biscuits there, briquettes, they, they'll begin to turn white. And all of a sudden, down inside of this, the, the ones on the inside will begin to get whiter and whiter. And pretty soon, that heat spreads to every other charcoal briquette in this pile. And that's the church. When the called-out assembly comes together, and they, they bound together here. And I listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a personal relationship with God, because you should. But the church is a family where everybody comes together, and everybody feeds off the energy of everybody else. And everybody else, the Bible calls it edifying, the teaching and the training and the trusting of each other. In our home, I, we, we had eight kids, and usually my mom and dad and a couple of friends that usually were living with us. But uh, dinner time, supper time was, was important in our family. 
And generally, nine, nine suppers out of ten, it was joyous, it was fun, it was telling jokes, it was laughing at the day and giggling and having a good time and eating a good meal. But it was that communing together that, you know what, doesn't matter if me and my brother David got in a fight that day, or me and Pete got in a fight, or Jeanette, she was always in a fight with Debbie. And, uh, but, you know, it didn't matter what happened throughout the day, that supper time was that time that brought the family heat together. And all of a sudden, the relationships between each other began to grow at that mealtime. Those of you, just a sidebar, if you're not, you don't have a central family meal together every day, you know, you need to. It's great for your family. Today's families, you know, and the truth is, and I've been in homes where the, the evening meal is, Johnny gets his plate, goes to this TV, and Susie gets her plate and goes to her room and gets on her computer, and, and there's never that, that joined meal together. This illustration, the fire burns and spreads quickly when the coals are close together. A collective heat will give each of us significance in the body of believers. We're all part of the same flame. We're all part of the, 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 the central heat, if I may. And everybody has a place. Everybody kind of, if I say, feels the spirit. I don't mean to sound like a 1970s, but I, I do want you to understand, but you do. You come together and you laugh together and you sing songs for uh, an hour and a half with Pastor Wilkerson. And uh, no, he's probably listening because he's, never mind. But... <laughs> But you sing songs and your hearts get joined together as you sing more and more. You hear a choir special, you hear a teen ensemble sing, and all of a sudden the fire begins to grow inside and the relationship gets in there with each other. This collection of heat will give us significance. It'll also keep us focused on the flame and why we're here, and that's to have a relationship with God. And that's to be exhorted by the pastor and the preacher to help, help us to become a hotter Christian, to help us to become a better soul winner, to help us disciple more people, to help us to get that sin and that, 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 uh, that, that wrong in our life out of our life. And as I've said already, to edify or encourage, instruct or improve each other is another reason. But I've also seen growing up here in this church and being in this church in a long time, I've seen it in the churches that I, I visited on tour for the past seven years. But you know what? Every once in a while, you'll get somebody that's in the fire. And all of a sudden, they don't want to be anymore. This, this coal could be white hot. And if I take it out of that fire, eventually it's going to go out. It can be in the same charcoal hut there. And it can feel the warmth of this fire and still go out. Because it wasn't in the flame. It wasn't in. We say, uh, Brother Judah, you say it a lot. You know, we need to all be, be all in. All in. And when we're standing in, inside the flame, we're listening to the message, we're writing notes, we're hitting the altar, we're getting things right with God, we're teaching Sunday school, and uh, we have joined this church and we become part of it, you know what? You stay in the flame, you stay hot. You have others that when you weren't there, hey, why weren't you here? Well, my wife was sick or my kids were sick. Can I pray for you? And those things mean a lot to all of us. But when you're out here by yourself, 
I've watched it with young people. I saw the high school seniors sitting down here just on Friday night. And Brother Judah, you know as well as I do, some of those kids right now, they've been in the flame, but they're stepping outside. They're going to feel the heat, but they'll never be part of the fire anymore. For whatever reason, they want to do their own thing. And they feel like they can, and I've heard it said so much, they feel like I can get God on my own. Now, if I may, you'll get God on your own far more when you're in the fire because the heat will keep you through the next Sunday and you'll have that great walk with God that you want. But you want to stay out here all the time. Just come on a Sunday morning or come once a week or Wednesday night only or something like that and stay outside the frame, stay outside the flame and stay outside the pile. I guarantee you, this is going to go out. You'll become critical. You'll become bitter. It'll eventually die out, and it'll grow cold. A coal that keeps itself in the furnace but not in the fire only feels the heat but never becomes part of the flame. Why? Why would they do that? Well, sometimes they use excuses to stay close but not in. Excuses like maybe, you know what, I, I, get, I get tired of the rat race. I get tired of having to always be at church. I need some time on my own. You know what, I'm tired of living by my parents' Religion. I heard some City Baptist kids say that a while back. After bus workers going Sunday after Sunday to pick them up so they could be in a church, so they could stay for night church and be a part of this burning family. And now they say, you know what? I, uh, I need to find out for myself. I need to try other religions. That's what Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 was talking about. That we're not supposed to be seduced. We're not supposed to. This body of believers was meant for you. This is your family. And this is what we should partake in. This, this is the doctrine, the word of God. If you have a disputation with, with the doctrine that we teach, you need to come to us. You need to come to pastor and show us where we're wrong and let us take the word of God and show you how we believe that this is right. But instead of just stepping out and saying, you know what, I love First Baptist, thank you for what it's done for me, but I'm not getting in. You'll grow cold. You will grow cold. I don't care how hot you were in here. One of the uh, students I had several years ago now, one of the finest kids in the youth group I'd ever had up to that point, loved God, won every award his senior year, Called to preach, went to Hiles Anderson College for two months and quit and couldn't find him. Six months, eight months later, somewhere about that time, he goes over to Griffith, Griffith Park, sits on a bench and puts a gun to his chest and kills himself. Man, he was hot when he was in the youth group. He was all over it. Should be taking a tour group to his church right now. But instead, he got outside, he got cold. He got cold. He used, uses the excuses to stay close, but not in. A man that sang in our choir went and visited him about two or three years after Brother Wilkerson became our pastor. And he made the statement to me. He said, you know, I'm kind of tired of Brother Wilkerson's preaching. I said, why would you even say that? And he said, you know, he said, when Brother Hiles preached or Brother Scott preached, and he said, you know, I could come and I could sit there and I could feel the heat from their preaching and I could live off their spirituality all week long and come back. And I said, that's not going to happen with Brother Wilkerson. 
because he wants you to stay in the fire so you can have the relationship with God on your own. He wants you to walk with God. He wants you to have that fire deep inside your own soul. He doesn't want you just to sit there and feel the heat of everybody else. He wants you to have that walk, that relationship with God. You may not be able to spend as much time in the Bible as maybe I can or the man on the platform can because we live this all week long. But you've got to go out and you've got to build houses and you've got to work in, uh, in factories and you've got to uh, you know, uh, work in your construction sites or whatever. And, but we get a chance to live this full time. I understand that. But every man in this church, every woman in this church needs that personal relationship with God and you will get it better by sitting in here and hearing the man of God preach and take notes and find out from whatever message is preached, how can I add that to my life? Afraid of getting, another excuse is afraid of getting in because he knows what happens when you are touched by fire. Sometimes they'll stay out here because they know that the, when you get on fire for the Lord, things change. I call this the uh, First Baptist Teenage, uh, teenage, uh, forgot the name of it now, but it's what, uh, what our teenagers, they know what happens when they get on fire for the Lord. They start getting cleaned up. Their music changes. Their attitude changes. Their standards change. Their focus on the future changes. And they know that, so they know that if they just stay close, they attend. They walk in late and leave early. They can feel the heat, but it never catches on. And they eventually die. Because they know what happens when they're inside. They know the change is inevitable. You can't help it. You cannot put this, this briquette on the pile here of burning coals and it not catch fire. It will. It has to. And the truth is, they want to stay outside that, that, that bucket for a while so that they can act like they're part of the church, but they're not all in. And they change. They realize that they'll have a more righteous life. They realize that their giving will become greater. They realize there's a great chance that somebody's going to preach a message that's going to prick their heart, and they may give all that they have to the Lord. They may get so right that they'll forgive others for wrongs that they have done to them, and they'll have a heart for others. But the one thing, the one thing that they will miss one day, one day they will miss what that fire felt like. They will miss the joy of having burned brightly for Christ. They will never know the joy of being all in and feel the feeling of significance. They're the guys that one day will get, uh, get up in years and they become grumpy, they become critical. They become disillusioned. They even step out of church time. And they're not, they're not uh, pleasant, really, for anybody. In conclusion here, let me say this. Number one, just get in the fire. Just decide to get in. It's a choice. It's a choice you can make. Nobody can push you in. Nobody can make you in. get in. Nobody can keep you in there. It's you've got to be there. You need, uh, Dr. Robertson always says, and Brother Wilkerson quotes it often, it takes three to thrive. 
You need to get, part, get, get in here, join the church, go through the classes, become a part of it. You high school seniors that just turn, or juniors that are turning 18, you need to go to the classes and you need to physically join this church or find one that you can join. Because I'll tell you what, you'll never be what you could be standing out here. You never can. Get in. Stay in the heat. Number two, encourage others to join you. Just encourage others to join you. Keep your soul winning up. Keep inviting friends to come to church. Call somebody on a Sunday afternoon ask them to sit with you in church tonight. Somebody that you may feel like they're on the edge or they're new or they're visiting or they're, they, don't, uh, they don't ever sit with anybody. Call them and say, hey, I, I notice you're sitting by yourself in church. Would you sit with me? What you're doing is you're putting them in the pile. In the pile. And once you get in, encourage others to do so. Let me say this. Don't complain because it's too hot. Don't, be, don't complain because it's too hot. That's the point. The point is for a body of believers to get hot for God. To get on with their giving, to get on with their, their, their soul winning, to get on with their ministry, to get on with their Sunday school class, to get on with their being a deacon, to get all in and get hot about it. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your church. Beg God to use him. Beg God to protect him. Help them financially. Provide for those that need help. But don't complain because it's too hot. You know, the quote Brother Wilkerson often gives, and we sometimes make fun of it. Well, we always do. But uh, we are going to have church whether or not you came. But because you came, it's going to make it even better. You know, that's the way it ought to be. Because you're here tonight, you don't, you don't think we can see everybody on the back row. Well, we can. You're sleeping. And uh, wake up. No. We can see you. We can see Pastor knows who's here. He, he knows everybody by name. He knows your parents' names. He knows your dog's name and cats and aunts and uncles. He knows everything about you. But the truth is, you know what? You edify him when you're here. You edify his wife and his kids to show support for him. You know, I've been part of this church since I was four, and I, I love it. And I, I make no bones about it. Anybody ever leaves this church, they're not right with God, Mark Duff. And, uh, but... <laughs> but, you know, the truth is, the truth is, God has used this place. We're nothing... We're no better than any other church. We have no rights to brag about anything because everything that we have, God allowed us to have. And eight, after eight year, years ago, the fact that we still have it is a blessing from God, a gift from God Almighty. The fact that he gave us the, I mean, the picture-perfect pastor, that's a gift from God. The fact that we still have the fire here, that we're still sending out preachers, soul winners, building churches, sending out school teachers. Amen. Got a youth program that's hot. Moms and dads, if your kids aren't going to camp, listen to me. If you don't like your kids riding a bus, drive them there. Eighth grade, my eighth grade year, Bill Rice Ranch, take you to the seat. God got a hold of me. Got a hold of me. We, everything, everything we do as youth pastors and youth workers and Sunday school teachers is to help bring everybody together to build the fire. Stay in. Stay in. Get involved. And make your church better. 
by making yourself more loving, solid Christian. 